This program is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to A Taste of Sex Erotic Poetry Reading. My name is Marcy Prohofsky. Today's show is recorded live at One Taste in San Francisco. You'll be hearing prose and poetry from people who are totally willing to share their intimate experiences with you. Anticipate turn-on and even inspiration. Here's a taste from today's show. My skin calls out for your touch, longing, yearning for the warmth of your hands and the pressure of your body on top of me. I swear, it's just this feeling that you just want to shove down inside your body. You don't want to know what it feels like to actually be out of control. But how will I feel when he sees me like this, open and vulnerable, without me being able to hide it? My name is Marcy Prohofsky, and thank you all for being here. We've been here doing these shows for a little over a year, and they just continue to get hotter. Okay, so let's get started with Rob. A hot improv, no doubt, by Rob. This is a piece called Desire. My name is Robert and this is Improvisation. I also want to warn you all, I'm having a feeling today. Just one feeling, but that's enough. So this one's called Desire. Because a good friend of mine said it was time for me to unlock my desire. So this is an improvisation about it. Desire is the subtle monster hiding behind your closet. The door, you can hear him creaking. The light coming from behind it, you can even smell him. That small little monster of desire. But no, let's close the closet and let's hold our back to it. Maybe lean against it. Maybe pile the laundry on top of it. Because we do not want to feel that dangerous feeling of desire. We don't want to feel what's happening in our bodies when we face it. And so what we do... We go among our day, and we have our days, and we have our nights, and every once a night we're laying in bed. You know you're laying in bed, and you can hear the tip-top of the water, and you think, I should get up and fix the water faucet. But no, this is worse. This is the loud growling of desire, and it's behind the closet, behind the laundry pile, and perhaps a cherry stack, because you think it might block you from desire. But no, in the middle of the night, you're thinking about that one little thing you didn't say, that one little cheeseburger that you did not eat, that one little girl you did not flirt with. No, it is that always there thinking wanting feeling but we're all very nice socially acceptable people we don't want to let this little monster out desire is for those other people those hedonistic people who want their sex orgies and roman feeling and feasts and flesh and no it's not for us it's it's for people with no self-control it's people with no morals i swear it's just this feeling that you just want to shove down inside your body you don't want to know what it feels like to actually be out of control when it comes to sex and desire lust food money power you just want to lock it behind that closet so what are you going to do you can actually probably move out of the house and go to a different state is that what you're thinking about but no you always know that monster that monster desire has a very special passport a very special visa. And when you move into the new house and you have to find a new closet, guess what's going to be right there waiting for you? Thank you. I kept waiting for you to talk about like the urge to go pee when you're in bed, so comfortable in the middle of the night and you just really don't want to get up and you pretend it's going to go away and it just continues to knock on the door. And... Okay. Uh, 
All right. Let's see who's going to knock on the door next. Fred, with your piece, When I Look at You. There you sit, your face bathed in the soft afternoon sun, young, beautiful, center of the universe, oblivious to my presence, and thoroughly absorbed in yourself. The radiance of your youthful skin takes my breath away. Your features, yet to show the ravages of age, taunt me with their gravity-defying perfection. Your hair possesses the effortless beauty, shine, and bounce of youth. Your pores are tight, your skin flawless. Your teeth are perfect, you are perfect, and the world loves you. But when I look at you, I don't see perfection, I see ugliness. When I look at you, I see pain. When I look at you, I see fear. When I look at you, I see pettiness. When I look at you, I see a person who wishes it could all be different. When I look at you, I see deep lines in your unblemished face. I see sagging skin where your skin is taut and perfect. I see eyes starting to dull with age, yet crying out, I'm not old yet, goddammit. I see a body starting to break down, though yours isn't even out of warranty. When I look at you, I don't see a beautiful young woman with the world at your feet and a future filled with promise. I see an old man whose best days are said to be long ago, when he was your age. I don't see possibility and power. I see failure and shame. I do apologize. It's not you. It's me. I just got some synaptic wiring problems, uh, minor defects, really. You're so beautiful, so alluring, so sexy that you push every button I have and you send me to a place where I'm blind, deaf, and dumb and I live not in the moment, not in reality, but in my head and in a lie I made up both long ago and just now. You became an actor in my play, your part scripted long ago by people you'll never meet in a play for which you never auditioned. But you do play your part well. You bludgeoned me with my flaws. You taunt me with your perfection and my now conspicuous imperfection. You show me everything that's wrong with me, mock me, open all my wounds, make me hurt, make me cry, make me beg. Please, please make me feel young and beautiful, if only for an instant. Allow me the illusion for one fucking moment that I'm young and beautiful, that I'm your equal, that I'm you. I don't care if it's a lie, I just want to believe it. For one moment, can I please not be an old fucking man? Ah, if only you could have seen me when I was your age. I was something. Confidence, a six-pack. I used to fuck women like you all the time. But now you're everything, and I'm a has-been, which to you, like all men, is and never was. Like all old men, is and never was. You make me a failure. You expose me. You make me want where I didn't before. Suddenly, I wish I were 20 years younger. In the moment I saw you, I went from being complete to being a total loser, even though you never even looked up from your book. They say beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So is ugliness. You see, when I look at you, I don't see your beauty. I see my ugliness. When I look at you, I don't see you. What I see is me. And this is for the exact reason why I mostly boycott fashion magazines. But then I get an attack and I look at them and then I really go down. It's a really delightful afternoon when I do that. On that note, yeah, she is ready. She, 
nodded with such authority like bitch move on out i am so ready mm. gets give it up for yeah and her love letter deliver it's midnight the sandalwood scent of you flow into me i lean into the pillow where your body kissed the night before my pulse races and the blood in my body burns as i think of you now your eyes caress my soul with tender strength your breath fills my body with sweetness your lips like plum wine sake trails hot liquid down my throat down down and sit in the pit of my stomach mm how my stomach warms in twirling heat of blind lust trails down to touch the core of my pussy and ignites yellow pinching light blood rush down in my lips and gorge fluttering at the spark of life and fire earthy lust washes over my body sending shivering waves out of my fingertips my skin calls out for your touch longing yearning for the warmth of your hands and the pressure of your body on top of me your lips linger on mine long after you've gone i can still feel your body in me sitting in my soul you your eyes the blue gray of your desire pierce into the depths of me i hold myself trace light touches over my stomach the way your strong hands linger so gently over my belly you've inspired me to surrender to my words to my body to the throbbing of my heart the longing in my pussy she waits for you to penetrate and claim what is already yours mm. okay we're going to take a break we'll be back in 10 minutes this is marcy prohovsky for a taste of sex we'll be back Listen to A Taste of Sex, Life in an Orgasm-Based Community, a weekly online audio program where orgasmic innovators share the intricacies of their practice on personallifemedia.com. So, roaming, roaming, roaming. Yeah. We have a new friend in the house, Linda Beth, with a piece called Changed. He would always call me. I never called him. He's been calling me for years. Before JP and I became a couple, he called me to set up our dates in hotels. When JP and I were a couple, he called me to have lunch. Then I felt I was being unfaithful to my boyfriend if I had lunch with him. Then JP and I separated for good, and he started calling me again. Come to Las Vegas, he said. No, I said. He's calling, calling. He's a happily married man and lives with his wife in Tiburon, 
That's what his website or his wife says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Monday afternoon, I called him. I was driving down the 101 and the sun was shining. I was restless, excited, and horny. I'd just gotten back from L.A. and my show had gone really well. He had us booked into the Phoenix Hotel in San Francisco in less than 10 minutes. I went directly to Ross Dress for Less <laughs> and bought two bathing suits so we could both swim in the pool at the Phoenix that's kept at the perfect temperature. I bought a two-piece pink and perky tank top and capri set with stars on it and a red necklace and a matching ring and a pink beach tote with a pink flamingo, starfish, and a seahorse printed on the front. I was in the heart of the tenderloin at 3 p.m., we hadn't fucked in three months because we were trying so hard just to be friends. I ripped off his clothes. After the last orgasm, he asked, Was it always this good? Yes, I said. We're addicted to sex. Addicted. 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 He rolled over and told me about his recent road trip alone to Joshua Tree, about how the solitude there had superseded his need for social diversion, which he was also addicted to. We talked a long time, and the conversation was very deep. And then he had to leave for dinner with his wife and the 12 family members who had just flown in from the Midwest and I had dinner in the city with friends. I drove my VW Bug out of the hotel parking lot, turned right on Eddie, left on Larkin, and he was standing there in the crosswalk, waving, smiling at me broadly, and then I flashed back to that street in midtown Manhattan in 2002 after we'd spent three days fucking in the Sofitel Hotel and he had hailed me a taxi to put me in the taxi to go back to JFK to fly separately to San Francisco and when the taxi cab door slammed the taxi driver looked at him waving smiling and said he really loves you doesn't he at that moment I drove past him in San Francisco and when he could no longer see me my body broke down shaking and I was crying because I could finally after seven years, feel the love. What had changed was I had finally called him. 
I had finally expressed my desire. What that meant was I was finally free. Ah, that was really satisfying, that piece. That was great. Thank you. Okay. Leif, ready? Sure, he says. This is a piece called Communicating. It's about ancient forms of communication. Ooh, stay tuned. My name is Leif. Communicating. She claws my back. I spank her ass. She bites my finger. I pull her hair. We're really talking to each other. She forces my cock in her. I wrap my arm around her belly from behind, refusing her escape. I love angry sex. I flip her from position to position like a rag doll, her body going limp when she feels a shift to another coming. On her knees, she juts her sex up to my lips as if to say, talk to this fucker, and reaching back and grabbing my jaw, thumb, and mouth, pulls my head into her with all her strength. She doesn't want words coming out of my mouth. She has other uses for it now. The burn earlier remained hot. Some argument we had about blah, blah, blah. Now our bodies speak to each other, and without speech, we iron things out. After sweating, out of breath, tired and full, she whispers in my ear, you were still a little angry, huh, baby? With the soft smell of her hair filling my head, I nod and I pull her into me. And as I fall asleep, I wonder how many languages we each have to communicate with each other. Language, languages that serve us better than words. So much is exchanged when I look in someone's eyes, when we hug. I fantasize spending a year without one spoken word. Where could we all go in that silence of intention alone? Mm. All these pieces have these really sweet endings. It reminds me of when I was acting and one of my acting coaches always wanted for audition pieces, always like, what's the button? Like, have a button on the end. So it's like, all these buttons, all these nipples, I just want to pinch them. <laughs> we have five minutes and 40 seconds for more pinching nipples. And we're going to have Hadass straight in from New York here to tell you how to pinch your nipple. All right. Or maybe not. She shakes her head. She'll take you on another ride, I'm sure. All right, baby. Mmm, you look hot. Thank you. Eyeshadow and all. <laughs> wow. Just for you, baby. Okay. It's been a while since we've done this. It's uncomfortable. I'm used to doing this with people I'm not close to. But how will I feel when he sees me like this, open and vulnerable, without me being able to hide it? I worry about him, how embarrassing it must be for him. I wonder if I'm coercing him into this, if he'd rather have sex instead. He seems concerned about the time, but we go for it anyways. His finger hits my clit and I'm already in my struggle, trying to squeeze out, turn on, must get turned on, must get high here. 
And then I notice I can't feel his finger. I can barely feel his finger. I have to slow down. My usual struggle won't work here. His light, teasing strokes slow me down. Light, 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 he plays me up, and his finger on my clip feels like a soft, warm snake moving inside me. Mmm. All of a sudden, I hit it. Yes, come in. I want you. I want sex. I feel my clit sucking him in, closing down on him. Give it to me. Fill me up. It's always a wonder to me how I can go from close to sex-starved in a moment and then back again. Is there no other way? I suckle his finger some more. Then we go down and I start resisting again, afraid the moment won't last. My clit starts to contract, clench. I'm worried it'll stay this way, and it does for long moments. Moments in which I think, I'm stuck. Here we go again. This is how it's going to be. Why can't I let go? Interspersed by moments of deep opening, and yes, I want you. And then clenching again, open, closed, open, closed, 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 open. I want it. I'm stuck here. He brings me slowly down and then dresses and leaves for the evening. Leaves me in the sweet space of wanting more. I want to hear more about the snake. The snake. I want you all to look for a snake. Okay. Thank you for listening to A Taste of Sex, erotic poetry reading. For online transcripts of this show, go to personallifemedia.com. And for more information about One Taste, including our erotic open mic nights, workshops, and other events, check out onetaste.us. Tune in next week for more Tastes of Erotica. I'm Marcy Prohofsky, and thank you again for listening. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.